Happy Sunday. There's so many things we have to talk about this week from the Super Bowl to Rihanna to my sister still trying to squeeze Beyonce tickets out of me for her birthday, supposedly, and a host of other fantastic stories playing out right before our very eyes. So buckle up, buttercups, and let's roll. Welcome and happy Sunday. I'm so grateful your energy is being spent with me here today or whatever day you're listening to this. There have been so many incredible things transpiring over the last few weeks. I am really just don't even know where to begin or how to put into words like... Everything that's been going on has just been so overwhelming. First of all, I'm so grateful to everyone who has been listening to the podcast and to all the episodes and all of the love that I have been getting from you guys on social media and people have just been contacting me directly and telling me, you know, how much you guys enjoy the show and listening to it. I genuinely appreciate you and I love you all so much. So thank you for listening. Um, and good news, my website has officially launched. The link will be posted in the description. So you guys, please go and check it out. The forum is up there now for the podcast. So I'm so excited. It feels so surreal. And I'm going to be hosting my first monthly meditation. All the details are going to be on the website. So if you want to know anything about it, that's where you got to go and look at it. Check it out. I'm just, I'm so in awe about being able to create a community for women where everyone can come together and just inspire each other and empower each other and it be a safe and unique space for women to just interact with each other in a way that women's where women typically just don't on a day-to-day basis and in a space that gives them permission to just genuinely be themselves which is something that people really don't know we don't as women we don't have that space or opportunity or we don't really feel like we have that space and opportunity to do So I feel really grateful that I'm able to create that space, that I've been inspired to create that space and do so much with it. And I also, you know, will be working too with individuals who are in relationships because something that I um, have felt a calling for in my life is to work with family systems. And it's just going to be a space where couples can come together and either couples or, you know, parents and their children and really connect in a way that is vulnerable and non-judgmental. And it allows them to connect to connect on a deeper level. And I'm just I'm proud that I can create that space and that it's it's safe and it, it gives others to open up a safe space. For themselves outside of it and go further so please go and check it out i'm just i can't wait for y'all to be a part of this community and we got to talk about this super bowl 
that was launching my website was my Super Bowl, but then the Eagles making it into the actual Super Bowl, that was huge for me as a as a Philly girl. Like, they're my guys. It was epic. It was very emotional at times. The memes of Nick Sirianni going around the internet are like ridiculous. I know y'all seen them. I know some of y'all probably use them. Who wouldn't? I mean, it's there. Come on. But what I will say is that every guy that went out on that field as much of a roller coaster as that game was, and I mean, if you're if you're a football fan, you get it. But especially if like you're an Eagles and a Chiefs fan, you really understand it. Every man went out on that field and they left it all out there. They did a good job, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. <laughs> because if I if I get back into it too much, even more. I'm going to go into a whole nother mode and this is going to be a whole nother podcast that I had not planned out for y'all. So, Rihanna did amazing. Of course, the Twitter Twitter trolls were like, oh, she should have done more and blah, 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 blah. Well, she said she was going to have a special guest for y'all. Turns out, the guest is not exactly here yet, but she did what she could do in the state that she could do it in, and she did it to the best of her abilities. And I personally think, oh my God, she was freaking amazing. I love Rihanna. Like, you can't say nothing bad about Rihanna to me. She's such an epic human being, and I think that she is such a star. And when I say star, I don't mean like star from, you know, the the material version of what this earth calls a star. I mean, like heavenly straight from the sky just drop down to spend a little time with this type star like rihanna's incredible everything she touches turns to gold like that's the kind of star i'm talking about so i was not disappointed at all when it came to rihanna i mean the game yes but rihanna no But in the midst of all of our joy, because there was a whole lot of joy these past couple of weeks, there was also some very, very difficult things that have happened in the world, not just in my city, but uh, February 6th, there was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake which was a series of tremors and aftershocks that rang through Turkey and northwest Syria. And their death toll now is still climbing, and it's over 41,000 people. There have been families whose lives have been torn apart, families who are just now gone, and lives have been just forever changed, and they're just nowhere near recovering anytime soon at this point. So prayers for Syria. There are going to be some links where you can send donations and just see how you can help because I think that is really important that we not only 
make an impact at home, but when you make an impact in the world, you have to realize that this, all of it is our world. It's all our home. So when you help your neighbor, not just the person next to you, but the person around the world from you, that's how you help the person that's next to you as well. And with that being said, because of this story and it being so vital, let's talk about stories. My favorite book growing up, and it's still one of my favorite books on my top five list, was To Kill a Mockingbird. It was one of those books that was like one of those summer reading books, um, and I still like a lot of those books too, like Of Mice and Men, Animal Farm, not even going to lie, I never, I don't think I ever got through that book. Uh, there was another book, but I can't remember the name of it right now, I'll probably end up thinking about it later and probably like post it on like my Twitter or on Instagram or something, I'll probably take a picture for you guys, but uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, like I said, it was my favorite, is my favorite in my top five. And at the time, I didn't fully understand it. When I was reading it, I had to be in like maybe seventh grade or something like that. Maybe even a younger grade. But later on in life, I think right before I went to undergrad, I read it again. And it really resonated with me. I think mostly because of a lot of the parallels in the story and the way that I grew up. And I said, let's talk about stories. So this story specifically, um, a lot of the things that resonated with me were like the single parent. So Atticus Finch being a lawyer and he was a single father raising two children on his own. There was a neighbor, um, the neighbor had a disability. I think that was Boo Radley in the story. Um, there was a woman who was in a violent situation and she was manipulated by the circumstances of her environment. And due to that, an innocent man was put into a situation where he had to be defended by one single human being who believed in him and it wasn't based on his guilt or his innocence it wasn't based on his race religion or anything like that he did it just because it was the right thing to do and that that individual being Atticus of course um and he believed in him because no matter what, and it was, you know, one of the most infamous lines in the story, he said, it's a sin, he told his daughter, it's a sin to kill a mockingbird. She asked him, you know, essentially, why were you defending him? And he said, it's because it's a sin to kill a mockingbird. This was after, I believe, the verdict was hand, handed down for, um, or his sentence was handed down for 
the crime that he allegedly committed in the story. It has been a while, so I'm really paraphrasing this book and, and summarizing it a lot. Because if you haven't read the book, I do encourage you to read the book. It is a really good book. Um, but Atticus defended him not based on his complexion, not based on whether he was innocent or guilty, he defended him because it was the right thing to do. And that was something that he tried to teach his children. And the way that I grew up in my life, we were not, or at least not the way my mother raised me, we were taught not to see color, not to see disability, not to see, you know, guilt or innocence. It was, you treat people based on how you want to be treated it's the golden rule you know so when I when I read that story that's what like really resonated with me because if the shoe had been on the other foot Atticus would have wanted the same thing to happen for him and me I have a job where, and I'm not going to get into too much detail about it, but I work in the judicial system to a degree where I watch stories very similar to what happens in the book play out on a day-to-day basis. And what transpires between defendants and victims and their stories, how they play out. I listen to testimonies of what happens in a single instance of another human's life. And what can transpire between these two people in a single moment. And these are people who, up until the point that I step into that room, I never even knew existed. And sometimes these people, they don't even know until the interaction that has occurred between them happen, they don't even know they exist. I hear, you know, these questions get asked by someone who's defending one person and and someone who's defending another person. And I hear answers from the person who has been harmed. Um, I hear questions asked by someone who's supposed to be defending someone who has harmed another person. And they seem, they are seemingly antagonizing to a person who has been harmed. But they have to do the best that they can to make sure that, you know, they keep themselves together. And it's just like this whole, sometimes it feels like. I can tell you right now, it's not an episode of Law and Order SDU. It's not an episode of Law and Order. It's not anything like the crime shows that you see on television in the way that it plays out. At the end of it all, their fate, both of the people, the person who's gotten hurt and the person who did the hurting, it's all decided by one single individual who has to pass judgment based solely on what they've heard, the stories. And they always say that there's three sides to a story. It's, it's 
one individual side, the other individual side, and then there's the truth. And based on what this one single individual feels is the truth, they have to pass judgment and determine the fate of the rest of somebody else's life and remain 100% objective so that the best outcome is given for everybody. I personally feel that for a human to remain 100% objective is to dissociate from your humanity and that defeats the purpose of why they're even there to begin with. And when you dissociate yourself from humanity or from your humanity, that can be very traumatizing, not just to the people, well, not just to yourself, but it also can be traumatizing to the people around you. And then when you talk about trauma, as I mentioned earlier, you think about like what happened in Syria and in Turkey and I always think about like the human experience and on my website I have a blog and there's a section or the the I have a blog section and I've written an excerpt a few weeks ago and it talks about you know our this a story the story that you tell, how you tell it, the way you tell it, and what, what you're telling your story for. When I'm at work and I'm listening to individual stories, I hear a story from one person where they're wanting to be believed because they've been hurt or they've been victimized and they've been traumatized and they want somebody to believe them because they want justice for the situation that they've been through. On the flip side of that, the other individual wants to be heard and they want the opportunity to defend themselves. And in a sense, they also want justice for the situation that they feel like they have been put into and it's all a part of their human experience and it's all very real those stories that play out life is a story and what happened in Turkey and Syria there are many individuals whose stories are very much unfinished and there are also stories who will never have the opportunity to be written. In Turkey, of the 85 million citizens, 9 million have been impacted by the earthquake. Prior to the earthquake in Syria, 6.5 million children were in need of humanitarian aid due to the ongoing conflict. And this conflict has been going on for years. When I was an undergrad... And this is what I mean when I say, let's talk about stories. I have been following what's been going on in Syria for years since I was an undergrad. And just to give you a little bit of background and history 
and not to really date myself too much, but I graduated from college and undergrad in 2015. Good Lord, that's almost 10 years. Can't believe I've been out of college that long. But anyway, I digress. The conflict in Syria has been going on much longer than that. When I was in college, I had a friend and he was half Syrian. So that's why I say, like, what is your narrative? What is the substance of who you are on this earth beyond your human shell? Being friends with him, knowing him and, you know, his connection to Syria it helped me to learn about the ongoing conflict in depth. It helped me to learn about the culture beyond books and, and what was put on the internet and, and things of that nature. And it it really opened my eyes, even so much so to the point where I wanted to throw my hat in the human rights arena. Because of all the conflict that is is transpiring in Syria. And I'm someone who is very invested in people. So I ask a lot of questions. Not because I don't mind the business that pays me. Because trust me, I do. But I want to know the energy of the soul that I share space with. Not just for a moment, but beyond that. So being able to have that connection with my friend and now what goes on in Syria and what has been going on in Syria and now what's going on in Turkey, like I take that personally because of that connection. So it makes me want to fight even harder to or it gives me incentive to want to do something about it to help those who are, like I said earlier, my neighbors. Because even if we are oceans and continents or worlds, it feels like worlds apart, we're still, it's our world. We're still connected. And learning all the things that I learned from him and about what ha- what's happening over there. Not just from the human conflict, but now the natural di- disasters is what, like I said, it led me down that path to want to throw my hat in the human rights arena. And you never really know the impact that another soul can have on you until you actually ask those questions and you let that really sink into yourself. Growing up, I have spoken about my childhood um, in passing before, but to the point of now, I'll say, growing up, I lived a very interesting childhood. It was the 90s, so things were completely different then than they are now. And 
there were moments where there are moments where I have nostalgia where I just I wish I could go back sometimes and it's like reading your favorite book you can always go back and pick up your favorite book or you can always go back and watch your favorite movie but to be able to go back you know when you have a photo album and you like look at those pictures and you and you and you see what's happening in those pictures and you can kind of just relive that memory I would love to just spend a day in a memory experience it experiencing that memory even if I didn't physically experience it but just to be able to stand in that memory and watch it all play out the way it happened that time and that time in that day and to come back into the now into the present and write that part of my story would be like the most fantastic thing to ever experience in my in my personal experience I think of life there are certain points when you know someone will say like oh you remember when we did this and you remember that and it's like no I don't and you wish that you did those are all moments too sometimes where it's like was that my experience or was somebody else holding the pen at that time and those are also things that really we have to be careful about Because for as much as I want to have those experiences, I also remember, too, that there were times in my life, especially in my past, where I was not the pen holder. And to a certain point, without even realizing it, the world, society, my family, my friends, teachers, there have all been so many different pen holders who have written the story in the way that I have experienced life up until this present moment. And even sometimes, especially when there's worry or anxiety or some trepidation, I put the pen down and someone else has picked it up. And that's why I'm very grateful for mindfulness, the practice of mindfulness, because it allows me to, to take that pen back. And I consider myself someone who is, because I practice uh, meditation and yoga, I'm, I'm always like very mindful of what I'm doing, what I'm saying, uh, when I do it. So, and I only speak for myself in these instances, but I feel very fortunate because I do have this platform. So I I am able to to share my story in this way. And not many people are fortunate to do that. So, and my sister, my youngest sister, she actually bought the book Spare from Harry, Prince Harry. Um, And I cannot wait to read it because there are instances like that where it's at one point in time in his life, someone else was holding the pen, but now he's holding the pen. And not only is he holding the pen, 
but he's writing the story and he's going to make sure that you all have the details and they're going to be the way that he wants you to know them. Every single word is his own and he's written them and he wants you to know. And that's the way that life should be. What I find very fortunate is that prior to even having this space and wanting to build this connection is that I made sure that I had the pen, but more than that, it was genuine And the story was my narrative and not the narrative that the rest of the world tried to give me and tried to get me to tell. And that is something that I want for everyone. And that's why I created not just this space, but my online community as well. People constantly ask me when I was starting the podcast when I, when I said I'm starting a podcast, they were like, well, what is it going to be about? And I just was like, it's called What Else Is There to Talk About? So it could literally be about anything. When you're having a dinner conversation, you don't ask, what are we going to talk about? When you go out to dinner and, and when someone invites you to dinner, you don't ask them, what are we going to talk about? So for me, I didn't have, I don't have a blueprint for any of this I come to this space honest open and genuine and we can talk about whatever because literally that is life that is your story your story can be whatever you want it to be at the end of the day you hold the pen what else is there to talk about let's talk about your story is it a rag to riches story let's hear it Is your story about how you were once in a situation where you were on the wrong side of the law and you changed your life? There are plenty of stories that I have heard personally and now individuals are paying it forward. I love those kinds of stories. Is it a story of resilience, a story of losing everything in the blink of an eye, like individuals who have done so in the earthquake, individuals who have done so from Hurricane Katrina, individuals who have done so past Hurricane Katrina, and they're still trying to rebuild their lives, but they are doing it. And they have also been blessed with so many things beyond their own expectations. We can literally talk about anything. But the whole point is, is that you can do it Because you're the one who's holding the pen. Don't ever let someone write your story for you. The worst thing in the world is to not live your life because you're waiting on permission from someone else. I'm so grateful that you all are here and I can't wait to hear your stories. I love you all and until next time. Don't wait for permission. Start your story right now. But most importantly, finish the story. (music) 
Thank you so much for being here with me, beautiful beings. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram. The links are in the description box. And check out my website, animayana at animaofage.life. The link is also in the description. I'm so happy I got to spend this time with you. And until next time, be well. And I can't wait to find out what else there is to talk about. Bye.